Welcome back to the Call in Our Shop podcast, episode 39. I'm joined by Logan, and tomorrow, Logan, the NBA draft is here. So we're going to be yeah. talking all about the NBA draft. We even brought up a wheel that we're going to be spinning and talking about a couple different teams, maybe five to ten teams that we think how they can improve in free agency. we got an action-packed episode, but as always, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you are new. Logan, how are you doing, first and foremost? I see you got your Magic shirt on. You're getting ready for the draft tomorrow? This see for us Magic fans, we don't have anything to root for in the regular season. So it's kind of like you know that Jets pennant behind you. It's like draft day, baby. Like that's that's our time for excitement. So I'm really excited for sure to talk about it and and t- talk about how the Orlando Magic are finally going to progress to being a competitive NBA basketball team. But how are you doing, buddy? Hey man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited for the draft. I'll have one pick for you guys. So if you want to maybe tell me or you know we'll do whatever you want. We'll talk with uh, the first couple picks of the draft. It's kind of hard to project when you get past the fifth pick. A lot of question marks in this draft, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So then we're going to end the show talking about Kyrie Irving and the drama surrounding him, which, of course, there's always drama. But let's talk. And as always, we're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. If you want to sign up for Underdog, use our code COS or the link in the description for 100% deposit match. We appreciate you, Underdog, for supporting us. But let's talk about the NBA draft. And I'm going to ask you, Logan, first and foremost, who do you want the Magic to draft at the number one pick? I know both of us necessarily don't follow a ton of college basketball until you know March Madness rolls around, but yeah. who you got your eye on that? You you know, the Magic in recent years, I'll be honest, they've kind of screwed up a lot of their draft picks. Cole Anthony has turned out well. Jalen Suggs looking decent. But who do you think the Magic are going to do this year? Right. So, of course, like the position of not need is guard, right? We, we The Magic are pretty solid on the guard front. So we need like a three and D type player, right? Jabari Smith, right? The the odds on favorite for to go number one should be the magic pick. I don't want Chet. Sorry. I, you know, I, I don't want the NBA 2K creative player Chet Holmgren. I don't really want that. I'm I'm all I'm all about I'm all about Jabari Smith, somebody that can come into the magic and contribute right away, right? And he, he played in the SEC, good brand of basketball, SEC close to my heart. But Jabari Smith, that like I kind of mentioned, that three and D space the floor, give you some offensive contribution for sure. He, I, you know, reports are that he he shot well in college at least, so hopefully that transitions to the pro game. And that's what the Magic need. They just need people that can contribute to score consistent scoring because that's that's what they're missing all the time. That they're a pretty good defensive team, like you know, probably better than average defensive team. But give me someone that can score the basketball. Yeah, when I look at the top half of this line, and, you know, here's the four guys. I'll put them up on the screen that are kind of projected to be the top four in no particular order. It's normally supposed to be Smith, Holmgren, and Bancaro going off the board, probably the first three, and then maybe Ivy at the four. We'll talk about him in a second. But when I look at the Magic, their, their lineup's interesting because you're right. They have Suggs. They have Cole Anthony. And then, you know, they got Franz Wagner. Then that center, they got, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. They have a return of potentially Jonathan Isaac, who obviously got injured in the bubble, didn't play all of last year. So who necessarily knows what Jonathan Isaac comes back to be? So kind of hard to project. You know, a lot of these forwards, I do expect them to take one of the forwards. Personally, if I'm the Magic, and you know, I like to root for the Magic on the side. I like Ben Caro. And I know there's a lot of, I know you you hate the Dukies, but I think when you look at Ben Caro, he's the guy probably with the highest floor out of in the, out of these top three guys. I think Ben Caro can come in, probably will, you know, depending on the situation he goes to, probably will be the guy with the odds on favorite twin rookie of the year. He's just been that good in, at Duke. He's obviously has the size. And what I did like out of Bancaro out of Duke is that he could get to the free throw line. And we know how sometimes annoying, at uh, sometimes that point's annoying, but some games are just decided on getting to the free throw line, guess cheesing. And while he might not necessarily get a ton of calls his first year in the NBA and maybe the first couple of years, he did know how to get to the line in the NCAA. So I do like a guy that can do that. And I think the the magic, and you know this to be true, they need some guy that can go out there and score and score it at yeah. will. And I don't necessarily know if Jabari Smith, the guy that can put it on the ground, 
go get his own. And I know Paolo Bancaro can do that. Chet Holmgren is a question mark. I don't necessarily know. You know, you could reunite him with Jalen Suggs, but I like Bancaro. I know you're going to probably hate that one, though. Yeah, I okay. So I honestly, if you said no, Logan, they're not drafting Jabari Smith. Next, next best option to me is Ben Carroll, just because he fits kind of what I think the Magic needs. Some of those players that can go create their own shot, right? Ben Carroll definitely had that ability at Duke. Love him or hate him at, at Duke. I, I don't hate. I don't love Duke one bit. But he he definitely was one of those like you know talents on the floor. But to me, the question mark with with uh, Ben Carroll was just like. When I watched him, I was like, this just doesn't scream to me lottery pick. And I, I, I'm sorry about that. Like, I, I know I'm being, like, hypercritical right now. And who who am I? I'm not an NBA scout. But I'm just saying, like, it was one of those, like, casual fan. Like, when Zion Williamson was at Duke, I knew right away. I was like, that guy. That guy right there. It was so obvious to me. Bancaro, not so much, right? I'd rather, to me, take the the safer option, which is what the Magic should honestly do. I think the safer option is probably Jabari Smith, somebody that you know can contribute, uh, you know, right away, day one. Yeah, I guess there's probably if I were to rank these guys and like floor to, you know, you never know what you're going to get. I think Paolo, number one in terms of floor. Uh, the first game out of the gate, I think he'll do the best. Uh, Jabari Smith, probably number two. And Chet, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. But the Magic are in a weird predicament because Mo Bamba, obviously, we, we all know the song. And we all, you know, Mo Bamba always has that one game a year where he drops seven threes in the first half. You're like, what the heck is this? Why can't he do this more consistently? He looks to be on the move in this one. So we should see Mo Bamba. I believe he's a restricted free agent. I do not expect the the rumors are the Magic don't pick up his option. We saw all last year the Magic were starting Mo Bamba and Wendell. Carter Jr., that kind of big man lineup. I just don't know where the minutes go in this one. So it would not surprise me at all if we see whoever's drafted Smith, Bancaro, you know, Holmgren coming off the bench. I don't mind the Jabari Smith play. I do think it's weird that we saw his odds to be the first overall pick go from minus 500 to like minus 140. I equate that similar to, you know, what happened in the NFL draft. Aiden Hutchinson was a clear on odds on favorite probably a month before the draft. And then as the draft came closer, Walker from Georgia just absolutely just flip-flopped the vote. So could that happen over the next, you know, 24 hours or, you know, as the draft's kind of picking up? Steam could, but I just haven't watched enough Jabari Smith to just necessarily say, you know, he's worth the number one overall pick. But like you said, I don't watch a ton of, you know, Auburn basketball. I, I get that. And like you said, the the odds, I mean, what the odds makers are doing right now is, Maybe they're fishing fishing for some other picks. Maybe they're fishing for your money on the other one because we saw how crazy the 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 flip was as you mentioned in the, in the Hutchinson one. The problem is it's the Orlando Magic. Like they they could truly pick anything and it wouldn't shock me because I'm just like, you know, this magic moment. If you guys have watched the 30 for 30, you know, like they they're just a a, a bad stricken franchise. Bad luck plagues them. So they just need to hit on on some of these draft picks. And I, like I said, I like what they've been doing with the guard position. So let's hit on a forward because Mo Bamba, that, that didn't pan out. Yeah, and so kind of on the same page, the pick that I want to give out to people is that I like Jaden Ivey out of Purdue to be the fourth overall pick, minus 175 on DraftKings. Now, like we talked about, I do expect Smith, Holmgren, and Bancara go number one, two, three in any particular order. We think about the teams that have those picks. Obviously, the Orlando Magic. Not probably drafting Ivy at the number one. I do not see that happening. That's like plus 10,000 odds. That, that won't happen. Then we think about OKC. This is a team that in OKC that really loves. I mean, we saw them playing Poka Poka, Pokashevsky at the five. They really want to be that team that can kind of be versatile, spread it all out. Shea Gilchrist Alexander do his own thing. But they want a five that can do everything. Chet Holmgren on paper or, you know, in the 2K, you know, simulations, he can do everything. He can block shots. He can bring the ball up the court. 
That's why I don't I won't be surprised if Holmgren goes at the two and then Bancaro at the three. You could say, well, you know, the you know, we look at the the roster for the Rockets. They don't need a point guard. They got Kevin Porter Jr. They got Jalen Green. And this team just traded Christian Wood for a bag of chips. So if you're going out there and not ex- t- drafting another guard, I don't see that happening. I think they're going to draft another big, which is why I really like J- Jaden Ivey going at the number four spot to Sacramento. Does it make any sense? No. Why would Sacramento draft another guard? We don't know. They keep drafting guards year in and year out, and it makes no sense. But it's the Sacramento Kings. I mean, come on. It's what they do. So will they want to team them up with De'Aaron Fox and those guys? I wouldn't be surprised. Jaden Ivey, very good. I think everyone kind of thinks this is a, a four-tier kind of draft there's one two three four of those four guys then there's a little bit of a drop off probably to keegan murray or some other guys that people might stay on sharp or whatever his name is out of kentucky people expect those guys to step up but i really like Jaden ivy at the number four what do you think about Jaden? yeah i he was one of those players that again we talked about jump off off the screen and talent i remember Jaden ivy was the driving force behind that purdue team right watching march madness i was like i was like that guy i was able to pick him out you know he, he definitely his talent definitely screamed pro-ready NBA talent. And like you mentioned, him, him going to the Sacramento Kings, I could see it, right? <laughs> the Kings fans are are bad luck stricken as well, right? They just they got an incompetent front office, right? Just keep drafting the guard, see what happens. So I I, I could I, I love I love it as, as a not so bold prediction. I mean the odds are saying, you know, not not that bold, but I, yeah. I, I could see it as a free winner, right? I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. I'll sprinkle on it. Obviously, the NBA draft, anything could happen. Wouldn't also surprise me to see the Kings trade back and some teams kind of sneak up and take Ivy. I'm hoping the Knicks somehow end with him. I doubt that happens. The Knicks are kind of in need of a guard. Maybe we'll talk about a little Kyrie Irving a little bit later on in the segment. But let's kind of move to what everyone's been looking for. I teased that at the beginning. We're going to bring out the wheel. Yeah. Who doesn't like your favorite wheel? And we're going to spin it, and we're going to talk about how these teams can improve. There's nothing better than talking about that. So that's all we're going to do. And let's uh, we'll probably talk about five, ten teams. We've got a little wheel clicked up. Let's see what our first team yeah. is. And we're going to be talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was going to swear if it was the Kings, I was going to be mad. But let's talk about the Timberwolves, <laughs> the team that, as we know, they made the playoffs. And I saw some tweet the other day that was about – they were saying, I'm going to tell my kids this was the 2022 20, NBA champs. And it was, you know, Patrick Beverly with his shirt off after they won the play-in game against the Clippers and all of that. But obviously, they're returning a large majority of their crew. This is a team. I mean, I, I'm going to pull up the, on my other side. I'm going to pull up, you know, their rosters because there are some people, you know, that are restricted free agents, unrestricted, and vice versa. But the larger part, this uh, Timberwolves team is going to kind of stay the same. They're going to obviously still have D'Angelo Russell at the one, still have Anthony Edwards. Then they're going to have, uh, um, what's his name? You know, I don't really know. Sometimes they mess around with who starts at the three. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, Jared Vanderbilt starting. Sometimes, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and whatnot. But What's a glaring area of uh, need you think coming into the off season? Hmm, this one's interesting. I, I can start. I think they need a backup center. That's what backup I think. Center. I think their starting lineup is solid. And when they were in that Grizzly series, their starting lineup kind of held with them. But they, they never. We know Carl Anthony Towns. That man loves the foul. And I swear, if they, they never have. I mean, you know, you look at Nas Reed. He's solid, but a little bit undersized. I think they could really use a backup, either center or a point guard. Just someone that can go out there and get them a bucket. I just think this team was a little bit young this offseason or this season. I think they didn't really, you know, we saw them blow a lot of fourth quarter leads in that game again in those series against the Grizzlies. I mean, they arguably could have beaten the Grizzlies and moved on to face the Warriors. This Timberwolves seem very talented. I think they're obviously going to be due for a bigger year this year. I feel like they were like 
a year past the Grizzlies, if that makes sense. Like the Grizzlies obviously made the playoffs the year prior, obviously lost. And then this year they had a little bit more experience. I think that's going to be the Timberwolves kind of mold this year. But what do you kind of think? Because they have probably, if you had to look at their lineup, probably a small forward kind of guy that can shoot would probably make sense too. Yeah, that that's that's what I was gonna say. Like another another shot creator. And obviously you've got you've got Anthony Edwards who's just you know a force, you know, in transition. Like I I mean Ant Man's one of the one of the more fun electric type players. I love I love I love what kind of what you said about the whole you like what how can they improve? Just another year, right? Another year of gelling that lineup together. Hopefully there's not a like you mentioned, a lot of turnover because as we mentioned so much in the NBA, a lot of these GMs are so quick to just hit the nuke button and like if it didn't work. Like a, a lot of those, you know, blown leads and stuff. They're just they're, they're just so quick to to say, all right, that didn't work. Let's let's go in a complete different direction rather than than just build off of what you have. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. That's a solid nucleus. Now now build it. You know, like you said, a few more shot creators around that. I could see it. They they play pretty solid defense from from my memory as well. So that, it just give the Timberwolves a little bit of time. Yeah, it's just about being consistent on the defensive side. This was a team that obviously some games at home, they did really well defensively. Some games on the road, they were no-shows. So I forgot to mention Patrick Beverly, obviously starting at shooting guard, then Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns. I do like that lineup. I just think maybe a four that can stretch the stretch the floor a little bit more and let the other guys create because what, what are your thoughts? I have a four for you. Then oh, listen yeah. to me here. Kevin Love, return to Minnesota. All right. make it. Let's make it happen. Let's. Let's make it happen. I, I th- come on. There'd be nothing cooler than seeing Kevin Love back in back in the Tim- Timberwolves jersey. Throw throw that number forty two on him. Oh man, I I go out and buy one of those babies tomorrow. <laughs> I think you need help now. Kevin Love is an unrestricted free agent next yeah, year. Make it happen. And so could it make sense potentially? I know the Cavs really liked Kevin Love and his role off the bench this year, but not a terrible kind of suggestion. I don't see it happening. Just I don't know if the money works. But you know. Could it happen? I'm not going to rule it out. You know, you look at this uh, this Timberwolves team, they do have some unrestricted expiring deals going into the next year with Pat Bev, D'Angelo Russell. Both those guys are unrestricted. I don't necessarily know if that's the most realistic thing, but Timberwolves, I think you guys are on the right right path. And I think without further ado, let's pull out the wheel and see who, who, gets, yeah. uh, who gets to come up next. We're going to eliminate the Timberwolves. They don't need to be on the wheel anymore, but... Let's spin it again and let's see. Uh, let's see what we can get. I really like. I really like that analysis for the Timberwolves. Let's see if we get another team. Oh, you see this. This I don't know how much we can talk into the Bucks. I mean, how much yeah. more can they improve? I'm honestly going to keep this one short, and you probably can too. There's nothing the Bucks need to do, in my opinion. They got everything. I mean, I'll check their expiring deals, but I don't think anyone's expiring. It just was unfortunate injuries. That happens. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't have Chris Middleton there. You could argue if they had Chris Middleton, they probably beat the Celtics. And then they probably go to the NBA Finals. And who knows? If I, I, I was texting you during game six. I was like, man, I wish we saw a Greek Freak versus the Warriors. Because Greek Freak's a little bit different to stop than the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown show. Man, it's yeah. hard to stop the Greek Freak when he's got his head co- full head of steam. Now, what we'll need, we need to talk, this is honestly probably table this talks for a year from now when we have a lot of different question marks because they have a lot of unrestricted free agents next year. But is there anything you think the, the Bucks can improve on? I really just think just stay healthy and they'll be fine. Yeah, sign sign some of those key you know ro- role players, or make sure they're still locked up, like you said. Like you know the Bobby Portis, the energy type guys. Make sure those those players stick around. I I, I don't know, is, is he locked up? Like, so that's the thing that yeah, Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis both uh both have player options, yeah. five and basically five million each. Those guys are going to reject those if they haven't already. They're going to at least demand a little bit more. So those are the yeah. two guys they obviously need to keep. 
uh, everyone else under contract, the whole starting lineup with Grayson Allen there. But yeah, those are big two two big guys they need to keep. But other than that, I really don't think they need to do much more. Yeah. So they need to lock down some of those like role players. Like obviously, you know, you've got the building block in Giannis, Greek freak. Like like I said, I I we were talking about this. I really wanted to see them match up because I still think the the Eastern Conference runs through Milwaukee when healthy, right? You know, Chris Middleton, obviously that was unfortunate. But I mean, you, unlike Jason Tatum, Giannis doesn't just disappear, right? I kind of forgot Jason Tatum was even a thing game six. Like game six on the line, going home or not, Jason Tatum, not really anywhere to be found. Giannis, say what you want. He he'll make you aware that he's on the on the on the court, and he's just one of those players. So there's there's really no nowhere you know else for the Bucks to improve on. I agree. So let's just move on to the next team and see who we got coming up. We're gonna spin it. We're, we eliminated the Bucks. We got another yeah. team on the horizon. Who we got? No, we don't need to talk about the Knicks. Uh, talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Actually, I was hoping we would get the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Now this is a great team because they just hired a new coach. They had Kenny Atkinson of the Golden State Warriors, their number one assistant. They signed him prior to the NBA Finals ending. And then Kenny said, nah, I'm good. And he peaced out. He said, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Warriors. Can't blame him if you just want to stay under Steve Kerr, collect your big paycheck, but they're probably going to up his salary and whatnot. So now they got Mike D'Antoni. And man, oh, man. D'Antoni keeps finding his way into the NBA. Props to him. I don't know who his agent is. Maybe he's his own agent. But hey, he's, he's absolutely killing it. And he keeps finding jobs now. But I will say... This Hornets team is going to be an interesting one. Now, they obviously still have LaMelo Ball. He'll be under contract. Still got Terry Rozier under contract. Gordon Hayward, I'm sure they bet, wish he wasn't necessarily under contract for $30 million. He's back. The big question mark here for this lineup will be Miles Bridges. Um, if you wanted uh, he's the big question mark. I mean, you don't know if Miles Bridges, he's a, a restricted free agent, so he can match any deal. But what do you think? I mean, if what do you think from just looking at this team? How could they improve? You mentioned Gordon Hayward, and I, I kind of forgot about that one. I'm like, oh, man, they, they, they've got so much money and so much investment tied up into him. That's really tough. Like that that hamstrings your, your team. It's like I don't, I don't know necessarily where you can go. How about some more defense, right? You know, if, you're, if you've got Mike D'Antoni as your, as your coach, how about, how about we get some scrappy, you know, defender guys, you know, off the bench, those types of role players? Because – from my memory, the, the Hornets were definitely a back-of-the-pack team, uh, you know, in, in sort of defense. So to compete in the Eastern Conference, probably it never hurts to have size. It never hurts to have defense when you're facing team, you know, teams like Milwaukee, you know, night in, night out. Yeah, when I look at this team, they've always been linked. I think they're going to re-sign Miles Bridges. They can't let that guy walk. I know Michael Jordan sometimes might be a cheapskate as an owner for some reason, but I don't think they let Miles Bridges walk. This team needs a center. And they need one bad. Yeah. The Mason Plumley, love you. You're not that all that good. And they need a center desperately. A lot of people link them to Miles Turner from the Hornets. Everyone, no one knows what the heck the Hornets are doing. They're, they might just trade Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner one day and just say, yeah, whatever, screw it. But Miles Turner's too obvious of a choice. I'm going to give you a guy that we already talked about, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba mm. to the Hornets. Now, I don't necessarily think this is a long deal if he does go there. I think it's a one to two year deal, maybe a one year player option kind of thing. But Mo Bamba could fit this Mike D'Antoni kind of mold, a team that's going to run fast, shoot a lot of threes, and they just need a guy to protect the paint. Now, Mo Bamba, we know he loves to get into foul trouble. Can you work on that? Yes. And I think Mo Bamba with the Magic just wasn't, you know, the right fit. And I just think him playing with Pete, with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. just was a weird fit. We did see what, uh, Mo Bamba take some steps forward last year. He still was decent. He wasn't terrible. It's not like, I mean, he wasn't what everyone expected in the top 10, you know, lottery pick, but Obama is still serviceable, and I think you throw Mo Bamba onto this team at the five, get him 25, 30 minutes, block some shots, knock down some threes, stretch the floor. That's what this team needs because they really lacked a lot of, you know, 
people that can stretch the floor with. When you put Mason Plumley at the five, you got basically a guy that doesn't shoot it. I mean, the guy was shooting free throws with his left hand because he was injured with his right hand. Like he had no offense. So yeah. Mo Bamba, while he you know might not be the most, you know, he's not going to put the ball on the court and start crossing people and you know dunking on people like the Greek Freak. He still can shoot the shot and he can go up there catch alley oop. Something Mason Plumley really couldn't do. So what do you think about Mo Bamba to the Charlotte? I got- yeah, I love it. I never thought we'd be name dropping Mo Bamba so much on on the podcast, but I I love that. I love that fit. Like I said, it never hurts to have size, right? It's something the Magic had a lot of, and you know, it was it was a good position when they had it. But I think you know they need to spread the love. They need to give the Hornets, you know, the Hornets need to get that that bulk up there and that interior defense more. So I I really I love the suggestion. Go make it happen, yeah. Hornets. <laughs> Go make it happen, Hornets. Obviously, free agency starting in a couple weeks. We'll probably do a couple more teams. We've just done three. Maybe we'll do three more. And then uh, then we'll talk about other other things. But Dallas Mavericks. Now, honestly, mm. the wheels, we didn't fix this wheel, but this wheel has been very kind to us because the Mavericks obviously just made a brand new tra- trade. They went and traded for Christian Wood. And if I had a Christian Wood jersey, which I arguably probably should have one, which, which would be useless because it would be a Rockets one now. But, look, I, I'm going to go on a soapbox. I think that was a steal of a deal for the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. What they give up? The 26th pick for Christian Wood? And look, I am a Christian Wood lover. I love him. I do say that some games he didn't really show up too much, but I think Christian Wood brings a lot to this offense. Now, what the Mavericks need to do is not treat Christian Wood like Kristaps Porzingis. And what I do like about Christian Wood is he's not a guy that normally, you know, is getting injured all too often. He was a pretty durable guy, which is good. And the Mavericks clearly knew they needed some other ball handlers, some some guys that could actually do something. Because they were starting Dwight Powell, and people were just hammering his PRA unders because the man did nothing. And they were relying on Maxi Kleber a little too much. So I really do like what the Mavericks have got going. I love the Christian Wood trade. They don't they don't honestly have a lot. The only guy that you could really talk about as being, you know, a free agent is Jalen Brunson, who's been purportedly linked to my New York Knicks, which I don't necessarily love. But what do you think about this the Mavericks team? Because obviously, you know, they got Luca returning. Don't have to say that. Yeah. They got Tim Hardaway Jr. finally returning, Spencer Dinwoody. You know, what do you think? This is this is really interesting because I I'd like to say can, let me see them run this team like I I don't no, nothing really like sticks out at me like I said the the Christian Wood signing that was that was a uh, very key because they they addressed that position Kristaps Porzingis was just an, a weird not, not a fit at all in, in, on that team so now you, you you know you give it another try with with a new big that that definitely is able to be scrappy. I, lo- I love how scrappy Christian Wood is. So I I, I love the fit there. I love I love Dinwiddie coming off the bench. He was he was big in the playoffs run. So like I said, these these types of you know signings can can hopefully run it back. I think the Mavericks you know could be a sneaky team in the West next year. Watch out for them. Yeah, they ruined my NBA Finals uh, long shot play. So I'm I'm uh, expecting some big true. things out of you guys, Mavericks and. Luca, I believe, is the favorite to an MVP next year. It feels almost like he's due to win an MVP one of these years. Mm-hmm. And we do have to think, you know, Kristaps was used incorrectly, but that wasn't the Rick Carlisle kind of system. And then obviously he wasn't great this year. He had some good games, but it wasn't great. So we'll see how Christian Wood and Jason Kidd can kind of mesh. I do like Christian Wood a lot. I already talked about it enough. I hope probably be the guy that they do play a lot at the five. And I imagine they're playing at the four. Um, who knows what they do at the four? I don't really know what this lineup's going to be, but – I do like it. I think a big return that people won't, you know, talk about too much. Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know how many months mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr. missed, but it was probably since January. He missed almost every single game since then. So I know Tim Hardaway Jr. and ex-New York Nick. Obviously, his dad's awesome. That was awesome in the NBA. But I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is a guy that they desperately missed. Because when they went cold, 
They want ice cold. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is a guy that can just heat up. Very J.R. Smith-like. Obviously, I believe they were teammates with the New York Knicks. So Tim Hardaway Jr., he can get hot, give you 30 points, which is something Luka needs in the playoffs. And he's a guy that can go out there and get, get you 30. And Dinwiddie and Brunson could do it, but having another guy to also do it, I think, is pretty big for the Mavericks. So I kind of like that. I'm glad we got the Mavericks. I wonder if the wheel is going to be nice to us one more, a couple more times because – We've gotten really teams that are all in the news recently. Yeah. So let's talk about this team. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. The Los Angeles Lakers. This is rigged. <laughs> it really feels rigged because we've gotten like all the teams. And we can kind of lump this in because obviously there's a lot of news coming out of L.A. these days. And obviously, you know, you see the things. And we can kind of loop this in with the Kyrie Irving drama because yeah. we'll probably talk about these two things. What do you – What do you? because there's a lot of question marks for – for this offseason, the Lakers obviously always are like, oh, we're interested in in Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. They're interested in everyone. Of course you are. But there's all this Kyrie Irving drama. What do you make of the Kyrie Irving drama? And do you think he gets moved? Because one of the teams that he could move to is the Lakers. What are your kind of first thoughts? Oof. All right. So so this is interesting. I Of course, you got you to gotta sift through all the BS, right, when you're reading these NBA storylines. Because like you said, the Lakers want everybody. They, they're, they're linked to every single big free agent, any any sort of trade. They're going to do it because they got lay GM, right? <laughs> if you know, you know, the, the LeBron. Uh, he, he, he's, a, he's running the, the show behind the scenes. Wouldn't it make so much sense for LeBron to reunite with, with his old buddy? I mean, Kyrie Irving is just, to me, the ultimate locker room disruptor, the ultimate just in the news for the wrong reasons guy. Go reunite with LeBron. Go make it happen. Go channel some of that old 2016 NBA Finals Kyrie Irving. That's what I want. Like, as a basketball fan, I, I want to see Kyrie Irving in, in the purple and gold. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm tired of, of seeing him in Brooklyn because him and KD, I, I don't even know how, how much him and KD even work because they're just not on the floor at the same time. So let's, I do know, what I do know from experiment is that, that Kyrie and LeBron do work out pretty well. And I mean, isn't that what the Lakers need, right? Especially after all the Russell Westbrook, you know, turmoil. Like they, they could use, a, you know, just a high energy, create your own shot magician like Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's it's a tough position to be in Lakers, Lakers fandom. Because on one hand, yes, I agree. I think this team gets better with the addition of Kyrie Irving. The problem is Russell Westbrook. He's obviously the guy and yeah. their new head coach. I think Darwin Darwin Ham or whatever from the Bucks. Very good. We'll see how he does as a first year head coach, but. I mean, you've got to think about Russell Westbrook. He can't be on the team with Kyrie Irving. The money just doesn't make him. I mean, Russell Westbrook getting paid $47 million this year. So maybe he picks up his player option. So it has to be a sign and trade. So in a week from today, Kyrie Irving has to do something with his player option. So we'll see what he does with it. But at the end of the day, he has to do something. And the most likely option, he picks that up because then he can actually get traded to the Lakers. If he opts out, no chance he gets to, to L.A. It just it doesn't make sense mon- monetarily. So when I look at it, it would be awesome on paper to see him in in the purple and gold. I think it would be fun to see him reunited with LeBron. Hopefully AD, who hadn't shot a basketball in two months, which was way overblown, but (laughs) whatever. And and that would be fun as a team. But how realistic is it? I don't know. I just think think that Kyrie Irving stuff was a lot of just smoke in the mirrors for fun. It was, oh, the NBA drafts. We don't have an NBA storyline in a couple of days. Let's throw something out there. Throw the people a bone. Let's get Stephen A. Smith and whatnot riled up, talking about some things, talking about sources. (laughs) I don't see him moving. And I know he's been, you know, he could potentially go to New York or to the Knicks. And, like, the Knicks, they would be fun to see Knicks fans who were just trashing Kyrie then have to completely just backpedal on everything that they said. <laughs> I think that would be very Knicks-like. And obviously I'm a Knicks fan, so I would welcome, you know, 
there's I know people don't love Kyrie. I mean, the thing is, when Kyrie's on the basketball court, one of the best, most fun, entertaining guys. He's box office, as Stephen A. says. You know, he's someone you're going to watch. You're going to turn it on unless the Knicks don't have anyone else, which will at least be a decent team next year. I just don't know what to do with uh, with Kyrie Irving. And for the Lakers, could they run it back? Could they? What if let's 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 just assume? And I think it's a pipe dream they get Kyrie. They're most likely running back with that big three: Russell, LBJ, and Anthony Davis. I don't necessarily think they can't win with that lineup. The problem is they need to they need to get better role players. The role players were just terrible last year. They had mm-hmm. no one that really was the guy that would go up there, clamp up the number one guy. Even Stanley Johnson, the guy that really actually came onto the scene in the second half of the year on like a 10-day contract, was just such a big guy because he would actually go out there and guard the best guy and actually you know, do somewhat well. That's what the, the Lakers need. They need players, the role players that fill their, fill their role and actually do it and shoot the ball well. You're not going to be a good team with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Now, all great, not shoot, not great shooters. Russell Westbrook and AD more so than LeBron, who's improved. They need shooters and they need guys that play defense. I don't know if they're going to get it though. With all this, with I don't know, 47, 44, and 38 million tied up in three guys, you're not going to be able to offer a lot. And that's and that's the problem, right? I I think you know several weeks ago, the last time maybe we were even talking about you know the NBA, I talked about how much they're missing guys like Caruso. Like Alex Caruso is exactly what they need. They they had it, but but had to let it walk. The the money, like you said, is is really really an, a big obstacle for the Lakers to try to overcome. It's it will be interesting. Can they even move Russell Westbrook? I mean, that's that's the thing. They're kind of like they're gonna have to eat that one. It, it sort of seems like because I, I I mean, if I were to place a percentage on it, as far as like the percentage that I would that Kyrie Irving would be a Laker. It's less than 10%. I'm going to be honest with you. Like it would be, it's, it would be cool. Basketball would love it. You know, the NBA is always, you know, about storylines and everything, but it's realistically not going to happen. And the Lakers are going to have to go find some, some budget role players. If, if they're going to make it happen, some, you know, maybe some hidden gems, if you will. Yeah. I mean, it would just take the Brooklyn Nets accepting basically a Kyrie for Russell Westbrook swap. And based on, you know, Russell Westbrook and Durant's, you know, experience, don't see it happening too much. Maybe if there's a third team involved that gets involved. I know the Hornets have randomly been linked to Russell Westbrook, which makes zero sense why that would happen. I know Westbrook's a part of Jordan brand, I believe, Jumpman. I, but it doesn't make any sense for Russell Westbrook to go there with LaMelo and Scary Terry. That makes zero sense. So, Lakers, I would love to see Kyrie in a, in a purple and gold uniform, but I don't see it happening. Let's do two more teams and we'll wrap up the podcast. I don't know how we could get any better than the teams we've gotten so far. Yeah. But it's only right that we'll get a team like this. The Detroit Pistons, Duh. a team that my, on paper, this team was not very good last year. Unless you're talking about covering the spread. One of the best teams that covering the spread towards the end of the year. Now, going into this year, they got large, large in part, I believe, the same roster. They're going to be starting Cade Cunningham at the one. There were starting Corey Joseph. Will Corey Joseph necessarily be back? I know he was starting some games. Killian Hayes, they got Sadiq Bey, they got Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart. This they got Marvin Bagley as a restricted free agent. We'll see exactly exactly how much they pay him. I don't remember exactly what draft pick um Pistons do have, so I'm going to look look that up too. Um, and they have the fifth overall pick. So they could get a guy like Keegan Murray out of what, Iowa? I believe he's out of Iowa. What's your immediately uh, immediate takeaway on this Pistons roster? Yeah, I my immediate takeaway is let's let's surround Cade with some shooters, right? That that's that to me that's that's kind of what it is. You mentioned the the grit and they they got some grit and grind, right? You know the the beef stews of the world, the the ones that are going to throw some some elbows, some haymakers, and make it bloody and and physical. They have those types of players, but I I just I think it wouldn't hurt a team like the Pistons to to have some of those. Uh, 
get get your own type of shot. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if, if this is a reach, but the type of player that's like a Jordan Clarkson, right? The the, the just like six man off the bench, just pure scorer type. If if they could get that, I think you would see a huge you know leap in, in terms of the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I can kind of agree with you on that. Their starters were decent. They weren't you know necessarily going to go out there and you know, beat the best teams in the league, but they were hanging up with some teams like the Celtics at the end of the year. This team was very above average the second half of the year. I mean, they were all above average. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but this was an average basketball team. Team that competed, won some games that they were underdog by like ten or eleven points, like to the Heat and stuff like that. I like the Pistons roster. I think this fifth overall pick going for a guy like Keegan Murray would be pretty cool. I think that's probably what they're lacking is, you know, a shooting guard, small forward that can go out there and score and get their own and be on the floor when Cade Cunningham's not out there. Because obviously when Cade's out there, it's going to be the primary guy. Sadiq Bay was very solid last year, obviously improved a lot in the second year. He'll be still there. And Marvin Bagley was pretty decent for the Pistons. I imagine they match whatever he gets. They don't really have a lot of players on this payroll. Jeremy Grant is another Interesting guy that was injured a good ma- a good majority of the second half mm. of the year and did come back and play pretty decently. So I think if you can get it, maybe a I think this is an ideal starting lineup. You get maybe a, you get Cade Cunningham at the one, insert shooting guard or small forward that you draft, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, and then Isaiah Stewart. Or maybe you put Sadiq Bay in that sixth man role and put Marvin Bagley in the starting lineup. Then you have a guard coming off the bench that's very good, scores 18, 22 points per game. You know, that Lou will you know, George Clarkson kind of role. I think that's probably good, a good fit for this team. I think, you know, you're not, you're not going to win this, uh, the NBA championship this year, Pistons fans, but you never know where you could go. I mean, you never really know. Kate Cunningham obviously had a great year. You never really know. Eight seed. Here we come. Hey, <laughs> they could make the play in game. Who knows? Uh, this will be <laughs> our last team we're going to talk about. And let's see who's, who's gets the, the fortune of being talked about. Uh, we're going to skip the it. OKC Thunder. <laughs> I feel like we already kind of talked about the OKC Thunder. I mean, yeah. they obviously got the number two overall pick in the draft. This is a team that, you know, they have a bunch of different holes, but they got 150 draft picks over the next 10 years. That They'll be able to get it done. I don't necessarily think there's one, one, I mean, one size, the shoe fit, whatever the heck the saying is. They need a lot of different things, but I'm curious what they do. I will say I'm curious what they do with Lou Dort this season, but let's spin the wheel. I don't want to talk about the OKC Thunder. Let's get another team. Washington Wizards. Did we not talk about the Wizards already? I guess no, not. No, we didn't talk. No. I don't know if I really want to end the show talking about the Wizards, but what? obviously the clear question mark is Bradley Beal. So what are your thoughts, Logan? Yeah, I mean, a, a talent like Bradley Beal, I feel like he's every single season I see him him flirting with trying to get his way out of Washington, D.C., and here, here we are again with the with the same Beal storylines. Like, come on, brother, make up your mind. Like, either ship him out or, or you know, it, to me, the 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 Wizards are in that weird limbo where they're they're going to be good enough to hang around, making the playoffs, or maybe make the playoffs as a low seed. But that that's that's your ceiling, right? You can you can hit the nuke button, get rid of Bradley Beal, get a lot of draft picks, and just say, all right, this we're we're starting over from here. That's what I kind of think the the Wizards should do, yeah, especially because you have a, a you know a, a talent like Bradley Beal. He's not getting any younger, right? And and I, I still feel like you could get a, a really good return uh, on investment if you were, you were to ship him out. That's what I would do if I were the Wizards. Yeah, there's really not a lot the Wizards can do. And they have the, the 10th overall pick right before the Knicks at 11. So don't steal our guy. But yeah, this team doesn't have a whole lot to work with. They got Bradley Beal, obviously, missed the majority of the second half of the year with an injury. Yeah. They traded for Kristaps. You never got to see Kristaps and Bradley Beal, but that's not more so than like an eighth seed. Kuzma was very solid. You got to give Kuzma some props. Mm-hmm. Very good last year. Rui Hachimura injured, Denny Avdia. This team really on, on paper is not more anything than a play-in team. So, 
Do you nuke it, go for get rid of Bradley Beal, or maybe try to sign someone in free agency? They do have some cap space, so they will have a little bit of cap space to go after some people, but I don't really think there's a lot of there's a big room for improvement here. They need a point guard, and they did one badly. And I know they were decent with Russell Westbrook making the play-in game, but Russell wasn't the ideal point guard for this team. I think they need to go out there and get. I'm not going to put out a Jalen Brunson would be an interesting name here. Uh, mm-hmm. Reunite with Kristaps. I don't necessarily think Jalen Brunson moves on from the Mavericks, but I think they need a guard here because I think Kristaps is good at the four or five. Kuzma is good at the four. Rui Hachimura decent at the three. They need a point guard here, and I don't necessarily – they could get one in the draft, which would be interesting, but Bradley Beal, everyone's been claiming we want him to move on, and he just refuses. He keeps saying, oh, I'll pick up my option. I'll keep signing an extension. Will Bradley Beal finally leave? I, I have no idea, but we'll see exactly in the coming weeks as free agency approaches what happens with Bradley Beal. But this will be the mm-hmm. final team, Logan. I don't care who it is. We're going to end it with this one, and then we'll, we'll get on out of people's hair. But let's see who we got. Cleveland – Cavaliers. I'm fine ending on this team. One of the surprise teams of last year. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers obviously making the playoffs. They were the one seed, one, two, three seed for the longest time. And then obviously second half of the year really falling off. What's your immediately takeaway on this uh, Cavaliers team? Yeah, I mean, there's to me, they're definitely one of those teams that like get, give them a year or two. Like they're heading in the right trajectory with the, with all the young talent, the Darius Garlands of the world. Big shocker, right? I, I you know, I didn't see that. Colin Sexton, right? Well, he he was injured pretty much a lot. A lot yeah, he was of injured the whole year, so he should be returning. He's an interesting one that people have flirted about, maybe potentially leaving. He is a restricted free agent, for what it's right. I I'd like to see them them probably keep Colin Sexton. So if if they if at all possible lock him down, they've got the interior, you know, the interior bigs covered. It seems with with Mobley. Um, yeah, I mean, just give them give them a little bit more probably bench scoring, right? I, I I don't have any metrics on this. This is just like a a feel thing. But I I feel like when the Cavs second unit came in, that's that's where their plus minus was a lot of minus. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that one. I I just feel like it wouldn't hurt a team like that to to be able to take pressure off Garland and Sexton because I know Garland played a crap load of minutes and and as a young player i mean it's good to get that experience and stuff but it's also good night in and night out to to take some pressure off of him with with maybe like maybe they address this in the draft with some more more scoring yeah and you know garland and the cos all-star we love him here and there's a reason we kept taking his overs because when sexton went down it was and rubio was out it was kind of just oh well someone's got to score the basketball and go out there and assist Mm -hmm. that's what we were riding with garland a ton but yeah their bench scoring not very good they had kevin love who was in the running for six man of the year was basically mm-hmm. all they got off the bench. Didn't get a lot more production. I mean, they had guys like Lamar Stevens. Lamar Stevens had random games here and there. Dean Wade, Dylan Windler. So that's played a couple minutes. But this is an interesting roster in the sense that this team has a lot of question marks going forward after this year. Because they got Kevin Love on an unrestricted free agent next year. Karis LeVert, mm-hmm. who they traded for, unrestricted free agent next year. And Garland will get paid maybe this offseason. He's a restricted free agent uh, after this year. He'll probably anticipate they probably lock him up to a deal if they can, because, you know, Garland deserves it after the years he's put in. But I think keeping Colin Sexton or getting a sign-in trade and trading him for another – what I think this team needs is a small forward that can put the ball on the ground and go get his own shot. Laurie Markkinen, mm-hmm. I love him. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Laurie Markkinen necessarily move this year. I just don't think he me- meshes with this team. That seven-footer lineup they kept trotting out there, it was fun, but – I just didn't. I mean, maybe they want to run it back, though. I mean, we think about they were very good with Sexton at the two, and then when they had Lori Markin and Jared Allen and Mobley all healthy, this was a very good team. It just so happened, you know, uh, Allen went down second half of the year, and then Mobley got injured towards the back half and missed a couple games here and there. So 
this team's obviously, I think it's another year. You kind of just let the team cook, but I don't think this team gets very far. I love the Cavs. I think they're a very solid team. I just don't think when you get into the final five minutes in the fourth quarter of, you know, an NBA finals or NBA playoff game, you need guys that can go out there and score and Garland's great. But if he kicks it to Lori marketing, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, those guys aren't putting the ball on the floor. They're going to have to shoot it immediately when they catch it. So that's the thing I think this, but I would love to see Evan Mobley come back another year. I'm well, not come back another year. I mean, this guy's going to have another year under his belt in the NBA. So everyone loved Evan Mobley. I believe he was snubbed for rookie of the year for Scotty Barnes, which, you know, whatever. So what what'd you say about Karis? What's the situation with that? So he's on the he's on the team this year. He will be yeah. this will be his last year with the team unless they resign. Okay. So you got another year of Karis and you said you need a bucket. Dude, Karis Levert is a bucket. He 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 does this. I I I look, I like the prospect of Karis Levert going forward. This I, I don't know. I I, I kind of I tend to disagree with you. I think this is actually a like sneaky five six seed potentially next year. Like if if I were to take the the over under on on Cavs win total, don't know what it is. Uh, but I, I I'd be tempted to take the over just because if you look at what they did last year with injuries galore, I I think they're due to to actually you know take another step forward again. Yeah, they, they certainly could. They certainly could. I wouldn't be surprised if we see this team try to make a splash in the free agency if they can avoid paying Garland this year and then giving him a, a long-term deal after this year. I, I, I don't hate this team. I just don't think they're going far in the playoffs, which is obviously your end goal. Yeah. You want to go far in the playoffs. Obviously, making the playoffs is still fine. They obviously lost in the play-in game, uh, play-in games to Brooklyn and then to the Hawks, I believe. But this team's good. On paper, they have Karis LeVert. If they can get Sexton back, that's another guy that they're they're going to put LeVert or Sexton off the bench as a sixth man. That's awesome playing with Love. That's a pretty good roster. That's a good top seven, in my opinion. I, I'm just a little concerned about this all seven-footer lineup. I, I love it. It's a meme meme team. But it's like, I just don't love – maybe I'm just a hater for Laurie Markkinen. I just don't love him on the court with those guys. I think a better guy that's more consistent shooting the ball and better on defense can move his feet would be much better. I I don't know. Maybe I'm a I, hater. Yeah, it kind of sounds a little bit like you're a hater, but Cleveland fans got some. You got a bright future at least. I, I'll I'll give I'll end on on a, a note of optimism for the Cleveland Cavs. And hey, we're both optimistic. I love this Cavs team. Hopefully, they uh, we'll see exactly what they do this offseason. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed. This was episode 39 of the Calling Our Shot podcast. We'll be live again next Wednesday. If you have any fun ideas for us to do, maybe we can bring out to the wheel again and talk about some more NBA teams. We'd be happy to do it after. Post draft, we'll talk about the draft, all of it. Enjoy the NBA draft tomorrow when the I believe it's tomorrow night at like 7:30. We appreciate you guys always for tuning in. It's been awesome.